Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. You know, my story, our, our story, but my story really is of facing challenges that I didn't think we were going to have to face. Like I had expectations and we were going to have this perfect life and it was going to be great. And we weren't going to change, you know, me and my husband, because we're, you know, we're just super cool people and our life was turned upside down. And I think so many people can relate to that, whether they go through the loss of a spouse or um, a loss of a job, bankruptcy, or a child becoming someone they didn't expect. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I so appreciate you coming back to hang out with me every week, and I hope you had a great Easter and that your spring is off to an awesome start. Now, from that opening clip, you might already be resonating with today's guest, Kate Swenson. She is the author of Forever Boy, a mother's memoir of autism and finding joy. Now, I've always wanted to bring someone on to talk about autism. I have a number of friends who are raising children with autism, and I know that many of you listeners are raising kids with autism. And if you're not, you probably know someone else who is. And this is such an important topic for us to understand better. And even if we are not dealing with autism, we all face challenges, right? Just from Kate's opening words, I think we all have that experience at some point where we're like, I didn't know parenting would look like this. This isn't what I expected, right? I mean, I know I've felt that way more than once, and I just love Kate's attitude and perspective. I think it's going to inspire you no matter what you might be walking through. And if you are dealing with autism in any way in your life, I think you're going to love her book, Forever Boy, and she also will be linking to a Facebook page that has hundreds of thousands of followers. She does an awesome job of really encouraging uh, other moms out there who are dealing with autism or anything else. So guys, before we dive into the interview, I just want to thank you again for being a part of this community. If we haven't connected on Instagram yet, I would sure love for you to find me over there and say hi. I'm at Monica Swanson underscore. And speaking of Instagram, this is a great time to just snap a screenshot 
on your phone of today's episode and share it to your stories. That way your friends will find out about the Boy Mom Podcast. And really this community has grown so much even in the past few months. So thank you for making that happen. Okay, guys, can't wait to dive in. I'll have a few final words to say at the end. But without further ado, here's Kate Swenson and I talking about her journey raising a nonverbal child with autism and what we can all learn from that. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Kate, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thanks for having me. You bet. I just have been really enjoying reading your book and, you know, for, for the boy moms listening, Forever Boy, about as boy as you get. <laughs> and so I am excited to talk about your journey and your story. And even though we're going to be talking about autism, this story is really something that will impact and inspire moms going through anything, good times or bad times. This has really kept me up late at night reading, not wanting to put the book down, and that's a good thing. So before we dive in, can you uh, tell everybody a little bit about you, your family, where you're at, and all that? Yeah, definitely. So I am Kate. I am in Minnesota. Um, it's a beautiful day outside today. We had summer, and now we're back to winter. <laughs> <laughs> that happens there, doesn't it? Keeps us on our toes. I am married to my husband, Jamie. We have four kids, which has been a wild ride. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Cooper, who's 11, Sawyer, who's nine, Harbor, who is three. And then we got our little girl, Winnie. She mm -hmm. is 10 months old tomorrow. We are, you know, I like to say we may have, you know, disability in our family, but we are just the most typical family you will ever meet. We're sports mm -hmm. and dinners and fights and joy and mm -hmm. We're just a really happy family. Mm, I love those names, by the way. I know. Such great names. I don't think I've met a harbor, but I love that. So and, and um, so we lived in a town called Two Harbors, right. and we moved to get Cooper help. Mm -hmm. And my husband still has a little, like, 1% of resentment. He was like, I love it there. Yes, so yes. Harbor. I love that. Well, I'm, my hometown in Washington State is Gig Harbor, G-I-G, oh, Gig yeah. Harbor. And so I was like, oh, that's a really sweet name. I love that. All the all those names. And you got a 10-month-old. So how's that going? <laughs> that's fresh. So, you know, <laughs> you think you're an expert. You think you'd be an expert <laughs> yeah. by being number four. Right. Um, no, no. Um, no, I'm not. I'm still Googling all the time and asking friends and my mom for yep. help all the time. Yeah. It's the thing with four is there is no downtime mm -mm, with three. No. There was downtime with mm -hmm. four. There's none. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard. Um, it's hard on our family sometimes. Sure. And um, she doesn't like to sleep. Oh, which, shucks. I know. <laughs> and she's so cute. Uh, so we love her. Yeah. <laughs> You're tired. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Wow. Well, well done. You're doing great. <laughs> Let's dive in and let's talk a little bit about your journey. And uh, I just told you before we recorded that just recently I interviewed Jamie Finn talking about foster the family and the whole foster journey that she's been through. And I confessed to her that I just felt like I didn't know much, that I was just going to come in like a 101 on foster families and foster parenting. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, your journey with autism, raising an autistic child and 
I'm going to do the same thing, assuming I, and I have friends who have autistic children. I've been around them. I'm comfortable around them. I have a heart for them, but I really don't feel like I know a lot. And assuming some listeners are curious too, I mean, many people listening are going to have more children, whether they already have someone in their family with autism, or it could be a part of their future. Or maybe there's something else. I have a nephew with muscular dystrophy, so I've learned a ton about that. And whatever the disability might be, I think we all can learn from your journey. It's been a tough one. Like, we're not talking mild autism. You have been through the ringer. And reading your book, I just was putting myself in your shoes just going, what would I do? Like, you have been through a lot. So I just would love it if you would share maybe from the beginning, how this all played out. Um, and then I want to talk a little about your marriage because I think that's just such a, a fascinating and sweet story. So go ahead and tell us tell us about motherhood from the beginning. So um, I wanted to be a mom so bad. I was the girl that played baby dolls at, you know, up until like age 12 and then immediately started babysitting and kids are just my passion. Yeah. So my husband and I got married and we got pregnant right away, which if I can give advice to one one person out there, um, travel before you have kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it all changes. So uh, had a miscarriage right away, which was really hard on mm -hmm. me emotionally because mm -hmm. I didn't know that that could happen. I mean, I was so yeah. it happens. <laughs> it does. And then immediately felt like my body had failed me. And I was like, okay, we're getting back in this. We're going <laughs> to, this is like a mission now. Right. Uh, took the fun right out of it. Hmm. <laughs> pregnant with Cooper shortly thereafter. Uh, very typical pregnancy. We were so excited. And he had kind of a tough birth in the hmm. sense that um, long, drawn out, just kind of dramatic at the end. He wasn't breathing. and mm -hmm. but, but came alive. I mean, really start, you know, once he cried, he was going to town. Yeah. But I had this memory of looking down at him and just having this feeling like, Something just seems a little off, but like I was, mm -hmm. I was a first time mom. So like I didn't, right. I mean, I what did you know? Right. And I was exhausted and tired. And, but I remember him being, he actually looked confused and mm -hmm. now going on to have three more kids. Um, they didn't have, I mean, it was definitely right. noticeable yeah. now. There was something right. Yeah. And, uh, right away he struggled to sleep. He struggled to eat nurse. Mm -hmm. And he almost wanted to be stimulated as a newborn. Like he wanted to be up, like facing away in front of the TV, mm -hmm. like swaying. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it was just a lot of crying and it was a lot of uh, sleepless nights and days that just kind of rolled into, into mm -hmm. one continuous day. Sure. Up until age three, Cooper didn't sleep longer than 45 minutes at a time. So that was Whoa. really, yeah. And that's Whoa. pretty common with kiddos on the spectrum. Their bodies just don't really know how to shut down. So that was challenging. And, um, I, I immediately, you know, started trying to get help from a very early age because he wasn't babbling and we had those other mm -hmm. red flags, right? Yeah. But he was meeting his physical milestones. He was a smiley baby and doctors right away were like, you're a first time mom and you don't yeah. know what you're talking about. And sure he's a boy and he's a late bloomer and let's mm. wait till three to really worry. And uh, that's even common today. Just so you know, yeah. like a lot of parents, they, they know, and they struggle yep. to get help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So flash forward, he was diagnosed just short of age four because we had about okay. a nine month waiting list to get what? help. Yeah. Really? So I, 
yeah, I finally called and made the appointment in secret and scared, you know, from my office, the door closed and, uh, they're like, well, it'll be nine months till we can see him. And I was like, perfect. We'll be fine by then. He'll be talking. And it'll be, yeah. It'll be okay. yeah. This is just a backup plan kind of thing. Yeah, um, we uh, I went to the appointment, got the diagnosis, and I really thought help would start. I felt relief, which some parents will tell you, you feel this relief because you're living in this kind of upside down in between place. Like, yeah. is he or isn't he? Am I doing him mm-hmm. enough? Am I not doing mm-hmm. enough? And we drove home and nothing changed. We were already doing speech and occupational therapy. And they're like, well, you can wait. You know, you can wait until school can start next year. Or, and I felt like such a failure because I, I wasn't mm-hmm. doing I was doing a lot, but it wasn't enough in my mind. And we ended up moving our family three hours south to get services for him, which was Mm -hmm. describing that move in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And at this point, your husband, was he stressed, concerned? Were you kind of carrying the load there at the beginning or what was that like? Yeah. So it's really common in marriages of kids. I think it's common in like general marriages too, where someone may take the lead on the medical side or take Mm -hmm. the lead on the school side. I, I, um, I really dove into autism. I Mm. immersed myself into it almost probably unhealthily because I was just so, I wanted to help him so bad. And my husband's a really chill, relaxed, awesome, Mm -hmm. laid back kind of guy. And he was like, this will be fine, Kate, relax. Mm -hmm. But I, I knew it wasn't, we yeah. needed to help him. Yeah. So it really drove a rift between us uh, mm-hmm. because I I couldn't get him. I always said I was on a roller coaster and I couldn't get him to get on the ride with me. Mm. Oh, oh, wow. That's quite an analogy. Well, and then by three, obviously not talking, you knew something was wrong. Treatment, did they start working? Like, were they were they trying to get him to speak? Like at that point, what are they doing? Or is it just kind of like, do your best with what you have? What What's the approach there? So one of the, the key phrases that I always say is behavior is communication. And Cooper had what we will call incredibly challenging behaviors, but it's because he couldn't speak. So some of his challenging behaviors were self-injury. So like mm-hmm. he would hurt himself or yeah. he would lash out um, yeah. or he would run in the street or um, run out the front door. It's called eloping mm-hmm. um, up at 3 a.m. Uh, he had a lot of kind of quirky behaviors too, where he would line up every chair in our house or put everything mm-hmm. in our bathtub, lots of different things, um, strip the beds and all of these, <sighs> I didn't know it at the time because I was new, but yeah. he was communicating with us that life didn't make sense to him and it was mm-hmm. confusing. And it was hard. So we had to really throw all of our focus into helping him understand safety, help him try to communicate. And it really wasn't a lot of speech back then because he wasn't really willing to use his mouth to communicate. It was sign language and it was a speech device, which is a computer that can help kids talk or um, touching pictures, that sort of thing. Sure. But it was really trying to get him through these hard moments. But there were so many that as a mom, I did, yeah. I felt like I was like spinning, like, okay, do we work on speech or getting him to eat foods or, um, be safe in the car or sleep past 3am? Right. I never, I, I was spinning, which sure, a good feeling. No. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine. And during that time you had your second child, right? When yep, Cooper Sawyer. was what? 
Yeah. When Cooper um, was just a couple of years old. Two. Yep. So they're two years apart okay. and Sawyer was born and just, a, a, a thankfully a very easy, easy, mellow, chill, yeah. love to sleep and eat baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have a lot of, I talk about this a lot in my book. I have a lot of sibling guilt still to this day mm-hmm. because those early years, so much focus went to Cooper because we were in crisis. That's, that's, that's what had to happen. But I say I nursed Sawyer in every nursing or in every waiting room of every therapy center. Mm. And he, he grew up, you know, learning speech therapy and watching his sure. brother do different things, yeah. which is probably why he's advanced. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know, there's special gifts you're giving him through all of that as well. That's oh, yeah. what you just have to, and I'm sure you're seeing that now as he's growing up and yes. seeing, yeah. Wow. Okay. So then obviously the sibling guilt you mentioned, but now as they're growing up, at what point did Sawyer begin to kind of pick up on things or understand? Was that a process that you had to go through? Yeah. And it's still happening. So Sawyer fell in love with Cooper when he was like six months old, you know, when they're Mm -hmm. sitting like little chubby baby sitting and they're Uh so happy. And like, he just thought Cooper was the greatest thing. Uh And then when he started walking it, you know, around a year, he was toddling after him and Cooper paid him no attention. And when I say zero attention, it's like, they were just two ships in the night. They were two really refused to acknowledge him at all. So Sawyer really got a lot of attention from mom and dad because we play with him. Because Cooper was really happy watching his iPad or mm-hmm. watching his shows, watching Thomas the Train. And I remember the first time he said to me, he's like, does Cooper not like me? You know, he's mm-hmm. like, does Cooper, why doesn't he want to be my friend? Mm-hmm. And we made a decision. But he's right? speaking. He's communicating and talking. Yeah. And <laughs> about his brother. Um, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, we made the decision right away to talk about autism openly mm-hmm. and honestly, okay. and it's yeah. not a dirty word in our home. It's something that we are proud of and that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped Sawyer a lot with his understanding, sure. was explaining this confusing thing, why yeah. these things happen. Right. But even the other day, um, Sawyer goes to Catholic school and he came home, just, this was just a couple of days ago, and he was like, mom, I was sitting in mass and I asked God why he gave Cooper autism. And I was like, what did he say? (laughs) And he's like, he's like, I'm just mad. He's like, I just want him, you know, I wanted to play with me. And while their relationship has blossomed immensely. Oh, really? Still not typical by any means. Sure. Have those questions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we live in a broken, fallen world. And some of these things are really hard for kids to understand. So when you say their relationship has grown, does Cooper now acknowledge him? Does he interact a little bit? Yeah. So it's actually, it's just, it's a big part of what I share on Facebook. I just shared a post today. Um, so when we move, we, we move a lot. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But in our previous house, the day we moved in, um, Sawyer and Cooper decided to share a bunk bed. And I just kind of, it just sort of happened. Maybe they were scared about the new house. And so for the past three years, they've slept in the same bed together. And at, and and at first, you know, Cooper, when it was time for bed, because he goes to bed early, he's a little old man. He would point to (laughs) Sawyer and like tap him on the shoulder. And Sawyer's like, I'm good. I'll go up and go to bed. (laughs) And then as Sawyer got, you know, older, now he has play dates. I mean, he has sports. We had baseball at 9.30 the other night. 
uh, Cooper has some words now, and one of them is Sawyer, and he says, er is how he says it. So, you know, he'll look around, and he'll be like, er and, like, he knows that, like, he goes to bed with brother. And so there's not a lot of interaction still during the day, but there's Sure, that's like a security thing. Yes, I love it. And so one of the heartfelt things Sawyer said to me, and I wrote about is he goes, can you tell Cooper that I have to leave someday? That when I, it makes me almost cry that he's like, I when know, I, I read him, this, I have to go. And I was like, I don't know how to tell him because yeah. they're so, I mean, they're so tight now. And mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. he wanted, I mean, at like eight years old, he wanted, he was so concerned. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, I have to grow up. You have to tell him. And, and he wants to live in an apartment, right? I remember yeah. reading that. I have to yeah. grow up and live in an apartment. <laughs> Such an eight-year-old. I know. know. (laughs) Oh, that's precious. Okay. You mentioned Facebook. Tell us a little bit about your journey, how you ended up sharing, you know, on a blog and on Facebook and the group that you have. And even there's like a Today Show, Jimmy Fallon. How did all of that happen? Because I think that's really interesting. It is. I actually had someone say to me the other day, they're like, how did you get so many followers? <laughs> and I was like, no, no one thinks they're going to have any followers. That's the honest truth. Right. I uh, I would say it's probably been about uh, Cooper's 11. So nine years ago, I made a blog from my couch in, we lived mm-hmm. way up north and I just needed a place to pour out my soul. That That's yeah. all it was. I needed therapy yeah. and yeah. I named it Finding Cooper's Voice, thinking I would never be anything. Sure. Um, you know, it never would be anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the writing, when I look back on it, it's so raw. Oh, of course. I was so lost. I was so Mm. confused. And then years later, I started a Facebook page because I wanted a place to share all my autism related stuff. And I would share it on my, my own Facebook feed for Kate Swenson and people would be like, you know, do they like it? Do they not like it? It was just kind Mm -hmm. of a, a lot. So yeah, I started a Facebook page and right away I'm like, I don't have time to write anymore. I work full time. I have these two kids. I'm going to do videos. I'm going to literally just pick up my phone and talk about autism. And it really resonated with people. It was like this one-to-one conversation Mm -hmm. about topics that I thought were really typical conversations to have. I didn't know that they were controversial or like Mm. hot topic things and had quite a few posts go viral. Yeah. Um, won a Jimmy Fallon contest. So I got to go meet Jimmy Fallon, which was really fun. And that was, that was when Cooper said mama, right? Using yes, a device. device yep. Cause it was yeah. this weird thing The today parenting team sent out like video, your kids saying mama. And I was like, another thing that, you know, kids with disabilities may not be able to do. This is sure. crap. So yeah. um, I had Cooper say it with his speech device and it was so darling. So sweet. Yeah. And then a couple other kind of virally things and flash forward, I am where I am today. Yeah. And, and your community is, is it mostly parents who are raising an autistic child? Is that you're giving them information, resources, or just kind of a community of people that just want to interact with other moms going through hard stuff? Well, when I was smaller, you know, I think it was a lot of parents, autistic kids. I mean, that was just what Mm -hmm. it was, right? Yeah. And then as I have grown, I have, it's really flourished into loving grandparents and teachers and therapists and doctors who want to learn or anyone that works in the community who wants to learn. Sure. But then, you know, my story, our, our story, but my story really is of 
facing challenges that I didn't think we were going to have to face. Like I had mm-hmm. expectations and we were going to have this perfect life and mm-hmm. it was going to be great. And we weren't going to change, you know, me and my husband, because we're, you know, we're just super cool people mm-hmm. and our life was turned upside down. And I think so many people can relate to that, whether they go through the loss of a spouse or um, a loss of a job, bankruptcy, or a child becoming someone they didn't expect, whatever it may be. Yeah. So I have a a wide variety of people following me. Awesome. Okay. Now I want you to tell us about your marriage because (laughs) I just love that story because I got to the point in your book. Well, I don't want to spoil it for people either though. Okay. But, but yeah, give us just a few highlights because I just thought I was sad when I heard, I mean, I know that statistically and you probably have the actual numbers, but when families go through something like a child, you know, losing a child, a child with a disability, it's really hard to keep the marriage together. Statistics are not in your favor, right? No, they're not. And so when I got to the point in the book that I read that you were going through a divorce, I was like, dang it, you know, oh, I I was so sad. But then not too far later into the book, I'm like, oh, that's, I love Mm -hmm. that. So tell us how that all played out. Let me tell you something really cute because we just had a, a reporter here who um, interviewed our family. It was very sweet. And she she's like, I read the book twice. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And she's like turned away from me and she's like, Jamie, she's like, have you read this? And he's like, no. <laughs> and she's like, what do you, what, I mean, she was just fascinated. She's like, you haven't read the book? And he's like, you know, I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> and, and, and we just laugh about it because now it's a joke here, right? Yeah. And so every time we in, engaged with her, there was like five times after she was like, has he read the book yet? And I was like, <laughs> no, you know? So it's super cute because that just really describes Jamie's personality. Yeah. So when we met, uh, the thing I fell in love with him the most about was how laid back he was. He mm-hmm. is just, totally, I am like, I'm yeah. wild. I'm just energetic. Mm-hmm. Like, Opposites. Yeah. And like, he's so calm and I, that's good. That's a good thing compared to my, oh, but with autism, I needed him to get a little hyper. Like I needed him to get on that ride Mm -hmm. with me. Couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. So, um, I felt like I was carrying the weight alone. I felt, Mm -hmm. and and I was tired of trying things. When you have a child with a disability, you're you're trying a lot of different things. You're trying therapies, diet modifications, all different things. Yep. And um, all of them kind of failed with Cooper in the beginning. He just wasn't ready and receptive. And um, after they failed, my husband would always be like, well, that was a waste of money. Well, that was a waste Mm. of money. Oh, it just, just. Oh, yeah. And um, we separated and we actually went through with a divorce because it was just easier to do it alone. Yeah. And I looking back, I was a, a martyr. I was just like, you know, I'm going to make my whole life about autism and I'm going to help my son. And if you're not along with me, then. Mm, yeah. Yikes. But the funny part is, is that we saw each other twice a day because I had, we were just both so in love with our kids. So we were never really apart. Like we were together for holidays. Like it wasn't, we did, we took family photos together. I mean, yeah, we and not- it didn't sound like you ever disliked him, even it, from well, the I think very beginning. <laughs> Maybe, but it sounded like right away you were like, wanted to go have lunch after you had just signed the papers or, you know, made everything legal. You were like, well, I kind of wanted to have lunch with him. I'm like, uh, she never quit loving him. No, I never quit loving him. He is. Mm. Yeah. He's so wonderful. But you know, sure. The frustration is real. I think any mom listening, hearing what you just shared about what that process was like is going, that would be really hard. Yeah. 
And then the story, so. I don't want to sh- spoil too much. I think it's like one of the best parts of the book, but mm-hmm. when we reconciled, it was just, it's a really powerful, uh, it makes me cry. Just think when I, when I read it, because it was such a powerful moment where we just, it's like, I keep saying that he got on the ride. Like he was like, okay, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. 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 Huge, huge difference there. And really yeah. that's, that's such a difference in the strength you have to go forward when the two of you are together in it. So, and we've never had a fight about anything autism related ever since. Wow. Like just because I think, you know, Cooper's where Cooper's at, where we want him to, to hopefully go, I mean, in, in life and we're all, we're on the same page. We're, we're right there with him. Oh, that is just so beautiful. Well, at this point, uh, Cooper is, how old is he now? I know when I, He's now 11. Okay. Yeah, he's a teen, a tweener. And and he's in a school program. What does his life look like today? So he is a fifth grader at our local elementary school, which we, again, in the book, um, had a lot of challenges with the school district, which is very, Mm -hmm. very common when you have a child that doesn't fit into that mold. And he is in fifth grade and thriving. He loves going to school. He put his coat on this morning about 20 minutes before the bus came. Like he was Mm. like, gotta go, mom, I'm out of here. And he has some words. So on paper, he has level three severe nonverbal autism with a bunch of other things in there too. But I don't, that's put away in my drawer. He has some words like 20 or so. And he says, yes. So it's and for dad, Sawyer and Herbert and he uses, he communicates in a multitude of different ways. He loves his family. He loves swimming and boating. Okay. And we have all this, these positive improvements and gains and achievements. Wow. He still has a lot of struggles with anxiety and sleep and going out in the community. And Does he still wake up at three in the morning every day? So sometimes it's 4 a.m. But okay. he- That can, hurt. Like when I read that, I was like, ouch. Yeah. Because it, what do you do? I, I with a baby, you put them back down, you let them cry it out. At least that's what I did. Yeah. But when they're a big kid and they're bouncing off your walls in your bedroom. You are what? awake. But you now he's, um, he's able to be up by himself. So Yay. he will get up and he's like, he'll, he always touches my face or pats my shoulder to let me know he's up. And then he goes and watches his iPad. And okay. Cooper naps every day. He is like a little old okay. man. So he takes like a snoozer <laughs> at like 10 a.m. every day. Yes. And I've asked his teacher. And I'm, I'm so like, on board. I know. I'm like, should we cut this out? And she's like, why? He's so happy. (laughs) All right. Good. And so goes to school, comes home. You're able to live a little more normal life because it sounds like for a while there, you pretty much, he couldn't go anywhere, right? It was your house and your mom's house. And that was it. I mean, you, you gave up on target. I think it was after a terrible scene there and you were kind of homebound, right? We were incredibly homebound, and that goes back to that sibling guilt with Sawyer when he was like age three to five. We'd get home on Fridays, and we'd have to. We had three locks on our doors. We had locks on every window, a fence in the back, and if um, I put this in the book, where every time I walked by the door, I'd have to jiggle the knob to make sure it was locked because I had times where he would run out the door, and I'd find him in the street or running down yeah. the road. Yeah, and it was so terrifying. Uh, very, very homebound. If I, I, you know, I have these, these just crazy stories. If I needed milk, I had to go through the drive-through McDonald's and buy like 10 little kid milk. <sighs> they couldn't go into oh, a store. My goodness. 
Yeah. And back then there was no delivery. You know how now? Oh, no, yes. Now it's no yeah. pickup. We're like COVID could have come 10 years ago. I know. <laughs> so it, yeah. And um, now what we've, what we figured out is we've really settled into our life, which means like tonight we have his PCA, which is a kind of like a more experienced babysitter okay. coming and they're going to hang out and do puzzles and do their thing. And we're going to bring our other son to hockey. So oh, okay. we really have a good balance now mm-hmm. that has helped us thrive. But a yes. lot of families, just to speak to them, they still haven't gotten there and they're still yes. in that really hard crisis part. Okay. So let's speak to those families. Let's speak to the family who maybe just found, got a diagnosis, whether it's autism or something else. They're dealing with newer news, uh, dealing with the idea that their life is going to look different from what they ever imagined. Can you just give a few words or thoughts for those people? Yeah, I think first pause. It sounds so simple, but I immediately dove into everything research and everything mad changes just immediately. Mm. Um, I I should have paused. I should have um, grieved. I should have processed. Mm. I should have cried, Um, but I am a doer. Yeah. And I, so then what happened was I did that much later and I, it put me in a lot of turmoil for turmoil for a lot of years. So just pause. Like you don't have to talk to your friends right away. You don't have to put it on Facebook. You don't have to do all the things. Just, just calm down. Mm. And then the other thing is, is the child you have right now is not the child you're going to have 10 years from now. Mm. And you're going to hear a lot of things about autism, whether it's online or from a doctor or your friend's sister's mailman. They're mm-hmm. going to tell you all the things your child's not going to do. They have no mm-hmm. idea. They're going to tell you all the things that are going to go wrong and the fights you're going to have. They don't know that. Yeah. So just let your child lead, take it one day at a time and know that that behavior you're in right now isn't forever. And, you know, just to share some funny ones, we went through six months where Cooper had to have all the lights off. So we ate with headlamps on, which is like a mm-hmm. light. Yeah. We had um, months where the curtains had to be closed or there was screaming. The curtains had to be open. He put everything he could find in the bathtub. That's one of my favorite ones. Or he would take, oh, we couldn't have lamps because he would break the light bulbs. So we had to have overhead lighting. You're going to be in some really hard times and just know um, everyone changes. Everyone grows. Everyone ebbs. So just hang on. Yeah. Because you have the perspective now looking back, but you didn't have that when it no. all was happening. It probably felt like, are we going to live in the dark forever? Are we yeah, going to have some, no lamps forever, right? Yeah. And if some old, you know, crabby old seasoned mom would have told me to hang on, I would have told her where to go. But <laughs> yeah. just trust me. <laughs> trust me. You're going to make it on. through. <laughs> oh, that is so good. And and you mentioned already a spectrum and different levels and all that. Some kids may be, you know, more functioning, higher functioning. Maybe their story won't look like yours. And again, there's different disabilities people might have that are going to have unique things to what they're going through. So, yeah. Ooh, wow. Um, how about marriage advice? Somebody going through this already, they are sensing that they are walking through this completely different from their spouse. What would you tell that person? Don't stop talking. So my husband and I stopped talking to each other. And I think that can go for anything. Keep talking. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, definitely prioritize your spouse. With, so when Jamie and I got back together, and this is impossible for everyone. I know that. And it, it, cause it's not for us now with four kids, but when right. we had two kids, 
we would have that PCA that I mentioned, that experience mm-hmm. babysitter come one night a week and Jamie and I would go grocery shopping or out to mm-hmm. dinner or sit mm-hmm. in our car on our phones, whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we're definitely feeling the stress again of having four kids and wish we could get back to that. Because yeah. you have to show, you don't have to appreciate them, appreciate you them do. and show them. Mm-hmm. And that's the where it all started, right? That That relationship right. needs to be taken care of. Yes. And, and try, do everything you can to do it. Mm, awesome. Well, um, so much, so much good stuff in this book. And again, no matter what people are going through, your story will inspire and just give perspective. Certainly gave me so much to think about. And I just kept thinking, I just want to go hug her. <laughs> like you've been ah! through a lot. Yes. And yet what I love is that you really are uh, there for so many other people. I know that you've made a difference in a lot of people's lives through your online sharing, through your Facebook group and all of that. And so if people want to check that out and find you online, where can they find and follow you? Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Those are my two favorites. Cause I'm, okay. I'm an older and older <laughs> person and I love, so I, I share a lot of photos and stories on Instagram, a lot of knowledge and storytelling about autism on Facebook. And then I have a supporter group. So I launched this a couple of years ago when I was feeling the shaming and bullying that happens in the momming community sometimes, especially the autism momming community. Mm -hmm. I launched a supporter group called Coops Troops. And I think it is the best place online where we can ask questions about potty training and aggression and um, all the things that aren't typical to everyone. And that has been one of the best things I've ever done. I love that place. So come join us over there. And then my book is everywhere books are sold. I think that's how you're supposed to say it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Amazon, yeah. Barnes and Noble, Target, yeah. all the places. Yes. yes. And we'll be linking to the book and Coop's Troops. And what is your Instagram and Facebook feed? What What are your, Finding your Cooper's name Voice. there? Finding Cooper's Finding Voice. Cooper's Voice. Yeah. Awesome. So people can track that down right now, but there will be a link in show notes. Well, Kate, Thank you so much for taking the time to share your journey, both in the book and here with us today. I've been inspired and just appreciate you so much. And I'll be praying for you as you go forward and excited to follow how Cooper's doing and how all of your kids are doing too. Thank you so much. This was so fun. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Kate and a little bit more about her story. I hope you've been encouraged. Definitely go over to show notes to find links to Kate's book, her Facebook page, anything else we talked about. And you can find show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash one five four. Now I want to thank you again for being a part of this community. If you have not left a rating or review yet, wherever you listen, those are so helpful. You can just scroll down, find the ratings and reviews, hit on five stars, or if you want to say a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom Podcast, that's where you do it. I read everyone and they encourage me so much. So thank you to all of you who have already done that. And um, just thanks for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week, guys. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.